pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. All right. Hey there. Good morning. Welcome to a penny for your thoughts. Hey, the sun's out. I like it. At 9.06, and our high temperature today is supposed to be about 58, a low of 22 tonight. Could have some showers throughout the day. Could have a thunderstorm tonight. We've got a basketball game inside against Syracuse. First ever trip to Champaign for the Orange. And they will be there for the Big Ten ACC Challenge, their first trip in, and the last, apparently, game of the big uh, last year of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. As all has to do with the television and the fact that the ESPN folks will not be a Big Ten partner after this year with the new TV deal, and so they are doing something else in the future. I think it's ACC-SEC going forward. They made that announcement yesterday. And so it's uh, Illinois and Syracuse, and it's been a great run for this, about 25 years roughly. And the Illini going for a victory tonight and trying to get to 6-1. and one. A big stretch of games coming up here. Syracuse tonight at Maryland on Friday night as we start Big Ten play. And then uh, Texas, who's been uh, ranked pretty high and a really good team, they will be the opponent in New York City next week, next Tuesday, and then Penn State after that back in Champaign. So a busy stretch of games here for Brad Underwood's team. We had the first coaches show last night, enjoyed that. The Orange Crush was there. So we had a good time getting that launched last evening. Good to have you with us. 217-356-9397 is our number. Text line at 217 217- Three five one five three five seven, and you can email us talk at wdws.com. Lots of headlines out there today. Lots of stories happening. A uh, big one in sports today is the Iran against U.S. soccer match of the World Cup. USA has to win, from what I understand, and I haven't followed it all that closely, but uh, certainly I'm aware of it. But from what I understand, the USA has to win. Iran can just tie and they would advance. At least that's what they tell us. So that's coming up this afternoon. President Biden calls on Congress to intervene in a potential railway strike, and Congress does have the authority. I guess it goes back to the 1926 Railway Act. Congress does have the ability to step in here, but there's the actual practical side of it, and then there's the political side of it too. 
Uh, can Congress come in and enforce it? And what will that do politically for the labor unions and their relationship with the Democratic president and right now a Democrat-controlled uh, Congress? So we'll see. But uh, I think a railway strike is probably the last thing we need at this point, trying to recover from everything that happened after the pandemic. But we'll see. Former mayor of Champaign, Don Girard, to run again for mayor. Former council member Greg Stock running for an at-large council seat. Will Kyles, Matt Gladney, and Kathy Shannon. Shannon, a current Champaign school board member, running in the municipal elections coming up next spring. Of course, Deb Finan, the current mayor, has entered the race again for another term. So that'll be interesting as all that shakes out over the next few months with the municipal elections. Chad Beckett featured in the News Gazette today. And will become uh, his, a judge, assuming his position in the courthouse December 5th after a narrow win over current judge Sam Limentado. Volcano eruption in Hawaii. That's a big story out there. And let's see, we'll have Mike Roy join us at the end of the show today. Mike Roy is our unofficial, I've deemed him our unofficial Unit 7 or Southern or Southeastern Champaign County uh, correspondent. <laughs> about an event in Sydney coming up this weekend, the Sydney Hometown Christmas. We'll briefly visit about that right near the end of the show. Uh, tomorrow, Jim Dye will join me in the second hour, in the 10 a.m. hour, so we'll visit with Jim. Justice Steigman with us on Thursday to start the month of December. Friday's show we'll do from College Park, Maryland. We'll travel with the uh, team out Thursday and be out there for the game on Friday night against Maryland. As we start Big Ten play, we'll do the show Friday morning from Maryland, the land of the Terps. And uh, the word of the year is out. We'll tell you about that from the uh, dictionary folks. And I've got the most dangerous roads in America, which got me to thinking about any dangerous roads around here. But I've got the list, uh, AAA, out with that today. So I've got that list. And we'll relive a, a previous Illinois-Syracuse matchup. I think you know where I'm headed on that one. So, all right, 9-11 at DWS on a penny for your thoughts. Glad you're with us. We'll take our opening break. Adam Austin is our producer as we continue on this Tuesday in late November. Now at NewsGazette.com, Inside Illini Basketball, our weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who was happy to see this Illini play a lot better last week. It was Sky Clark. Back on a penny for your thoughts. Also an article today I see in the News Gazette. He was full of life and full of energy. And the uh, passing of Carlo Anselmo, who was known as the mayor of the Virginia Theater, being warmly remembered as the man who never met a stranger, had a flair for gardening and a wonderful cook, and he taught great life lessons. Mary Schenk with that article today. In the News Gazette, if you've been anywhere near and in the Virginia Theater at all, you've probably run in to uh, Carlo. And uh, being remembered in today's News Gazette, a life remembered, passed away at the age of 89 back on November 20th. And a great picture of uh, Carlo and his, and his wife Peggy in the News Gazette today. 
All right, 9.15 at DWS, the uh, railway strike, potentially. Nancy Pelosi announcing this week the House will move quickly to vote on legislation to implement a labor agreement between railroads and unions. The legislation the president's asking Congress to pass would adopt the tentative agreement approved by labor and management negotiators in September. Some union members have voted not to ratify the bargain, raising the threat of a strike after the early December deadline. The president says the deal provides a historic 24% pay raise for rail workers, provides improved health care benefits. He warned that a railroad, a railroad strike, uh, if it were to happen, would devastate our economy. Congress has the power to avert the strike in this situation because rail strikes are governed by the Railway Labor Act of 1926 instead of the National Labor Relations Act. Congress has the authority to intervene and force the unions to accept the agreement's terms. And here's where the political side comes in. In endorsing such a move, though, Biden and Democrats risk alienating labor allies. Still, the threat of a strike crippling supply chains is forcing action from Democrats. The call from the president comes after several technology companies began rerouting semiconductor chips from the rail system to trucks amid the fears of a rail strike. And the head of Ocean Freight for the Americas at DHL Global Forwarding said trucking capacity has increased since September when the prospect of a rail strike started. And uh, some of the hang-ups, we talked about this a little bit last week with an uh, analyst from CBS, has to do with sick time and time being off and so forth. But anyway, uh, we'll see what happens with it and what Congress will do if they, uh, and they again, have the authority to act. And I'll have to do some digging, I guess, on the Railway Act of 1926. I'll have to go back and look and see what that's about. All right, uh, good morning, Brian. Will there be a Brett Bielema show Wednesday night? No, there will not. Uh, no more uh, football shows. We will have a uh, – we're planning on a bowl special at some point. Uh, but we'll know more about that here in a few weeks. But, uh, no, we did have a Brad Underwood show last night. And another text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line says, Railway workers need sick days like Americans who build and maintain our infrastructure. Yeah, sick days apparently is one of the uh, the fighting points, I guess. So we'll continue to follow that. 918 at News Talk 1400 DWS. We go to the phones to Alan. Good morning, sir. Morning, Brian. Uh, I see we're a 12-point favorite against Syracuse. I hope we beat them worse than that. After uh, Bayon cut down uh, Big Ten a few weeks ago like he did. Oh, so, I, for, what did, I, for, I missed what he said. What did he say? Well, I didn't quite get all of it either, but they basically – Said the Big Ten was overrated, and and he can't figure out why the media makes fuss over Big Ten uh, basketball schools. Basically, he's saying that Big Ten's overrated. Hmm. So I hope we can thump them pretty good. Well, let's see. Purdue uh, Purdue moved up to number five. Indiana's ten. We, uh, we're sixteen. We're still sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Michigan State is twenty. Ohio State's twenty-five. So what is that? One, two, three, four, at least five, right? Top twenty-five. That's not talking about Wisconsin or Iowa and how tough those teams are. Either. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, the football side of it, boy, it's quite the season. It could have been better, but I'll take eight and four about every year. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, it was better than a lot of people expected, and um, it's just it was just disappointing for a lot of because we really got you know you thought man this could be a really special season like an unbelievable, um, and yeah. yet you know they got tripped up. Win ten games. Yeah, and and uh, you think about it, you know if if you throw out the uh, if you win the Indiana game if you hold on. And if yeah, you if yeah. you hold on to beat Michigan, you're ten and two. Just those two. Yeah, For, forget yeah. the other two. We gave Michigan the best game they had all year. We had them beat. Mm-hmm. That's another story. The team I'd like to see us play in the bowl is South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, the way they beat uh, Tennessee and then beat LSU the last couple games. They got Spencer Rattler from uh, Oklahoma. He's got it going now. I'd like to see what our defense could do against their offense. I think that'd be intriguing. Yeah, that's uh, that's one potential opponent, I guess. Uh, other people have speculated today. Matt Daniels did a column today. Uh, Citrus Bowl could be Mississippi or Mississippi State. Uh, the Outback or ReliaQuest Bowl would be South Carolina. They're, they're speculating. Uh, Music City right. Bowl might be Kentucky. Um, they even had the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, which I don't think is – is is going to be high up on the list, but it is there. Um, they had him playing Cirque. Those Tampa game, those games in Tampa, they all July or uh, January first or the, second. Yeah, the Florida Bowls are yeah January two. Uh, the music, okay. the Music City Bowl is New Year's Eve day. Okay. And that then be bad. yeah, that wouldn't be bad. And uh, the other one is I think Friday December thirtieth at about noon or eleven o'clock. Okay, well, yeah. See what we got. I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to do a uh, New Year's Day bowl in Florida, so that'd be cool. I'd take it. <laughs> yeah, you might get your chance. Uh, they playing? Are they playing any college games on the since it's Sunday? You know, NFL Sunday. No, I think that's. I, I think it's reason. I think that's the reason they're doing January two is because of the that's NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's no games on January first. Not actually. that I know of. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. That's all I got, sir. All right. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. Enjoy it. 922 at DWS. Want a penny for your thoughts? Uh, Let's see here. Hi, Brian. I see where Cade McNamara is entering the transfer uh, portal from Michigan. Yep, I heard that. And Michigan State's kicker as well has entered the portal. Yeah, they're all going to start. I mean, just get ready. It's a full-time job now for these coaches. And I think uh, Brad Underwood, his son Tyler, is on the staff, and that's one of Tyler's jobs is to keep track of who's entering the portal on the on the basketball side. And I know football has a similar uh, – Pat Embleton and, and all those guys. I mean, they're <laughs> – they monitor that stuff pretty, pretty quickly because it's a different world now as far as college athletics. Uh, Bayheim was dead on accurate about the Big Ten. ACC has multiple titles since the Big Ten has had one. Well, that's true. Uh, Michigan State was the last one, of course, in 2000. Wisconsin got close a couple of times. Illinois, of course, got close. Ohio State's been in there a couple of times. They were close. But uh, Maryland's won one. Duke, Louisville, Virginia, North Carolina, Syracuse have all had ACC titles since then. 
But uh, Jim Beheim and his first trip to Champaign, at least for a game. Don't know if he's been through before on any other time. I'm curious, and I guess I'll find out later today. I'm curious, since they're orange, and we like to wear orange, do we wear orange and they wear white? Or the other way around tonight? I'll be curious to see that, just from an aesthetic standpoint. Can't do orange and red. We tried that once (laughs) with Wisconsin. It was okay in person, but on TV you couldn't tell who was who. And the Big Ten uh, office got flooded. Remember that one? Uh, let's go to Steve. How you doing, Steve? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, why can't we get Illinois and Notre Dame in a bowl game? Hey, that'd, that'd be fun. I'd like. Sure. But I'd... there never seems to be talk of that matchup for some reason. <laughs> I don't know if there's politics behind the scene. To, you know, but... Well, everybody, you know, Notre Dame's got their own kind of schedule. You know, they play the service academies or they play Stanford or they play USC and... It's hard to get an open spot, I guess. But. but in a bowl game, though, they can match them up. Oh, sure. I'd, you know, I thought that would create a lot of interest. I'd go for that, the, sure. Yeah. And then the other thing I got, you know, I'm thrilled with Brett Bielema and what he's doing and everything, but why wouldn't, say, a Matt Rule or a Luke Fickle, when Illinois was open, you know, they wouldn't even look at Illinois. Is it strictly the fan base and filling the stadium with fans, or uh, or has the money changed that much in two years? Because, you know, Brett, he's going to make half as much as those guys. Well, he's still doing pretty well. I mean, <laughs> for for for. I a, mean, yeah, but uh, when you're talking, you know, I don't know, Brett's three and a half, four million, but. What Fickle gets seven and a half million a year at Wisconsin, and uh, Rule he's up in the seven million Derek category. But everybody keeps talking about the TV contract that they signed this year. Well, it's uh, you know Fickle's been up for a lot of jobs. I mean, people have been interested in him from the from the get go. Um, you know, I in fact he well, I think he coached Ohio State as an interim coach for a little while at one point. So he's been a, he's been a hot name for a while and. Um, you know, Hugh Freeze has gotten his job now down in the SEC again after being at Liberty. And um, it, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things that, you know, you got to have to find the right guy for the right time. But, I mean, Nebraska's been a brand name. Now, they've struggled in the last, you know, 15 years. They haven't been nearly what they were in the 80s and 90s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. But that's still an attractive job, I would think. And Wisconsin has been their, you know, rock of success for 30 years now. So those are very attractive jobs. So you can see why people would. What makes them attractive, the salary or the fan base? Oh, winning, I think, and the fan base, sure. Because, I mean, even when Nebraska's been losing, they're still got 380-some sellouts in a row and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. So. Well, that's that's the – they don't have a pro team out there, really. So (laughs) that's their whole whole ball of wax, so, so to speak. Well, I think those two coaches, neither one of them have to build a fan base where Brett, he's spending mm-hmm. a lot of time just trying to fill the stadium and, and build a fan base. Sure. Yeah. No, you're right. You know, and it, the- and it's, you know, we we just haven't had any success, you know, for a long time. I mean, it's the uh, last decade has been awfully rough. And when we have had success historically, it's been here and there kind of fleeting. Yeah. And that's been hard. It's been a hard job. But like I said, Nebraska and Wisconsin, they sell it regardless, win or lose, you know. Yeah. 
they've they've also been what is it now 21 20 straight bowls i think wisconsin's been to so there's there's some sustained success to go on so but like i say money talks but i'm surprised that both of those guys took those jobs but Hmm. anyway time will tell yep sure will so, all right. Thanks, Steve. Show, Brian. Yep, thank you. Good to visit with you. 928. Let me get a break in. Back with more here. Penny for your thoughts on DWS. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm a storm with his hand? Did you know? It's what where angels try And when you kiss your little baby You've kissed the face of God 931 on a penny for your thoughts. About a month out here from uh, Christmas, of course, less than a month. I know a lot of folks, uh, what they did Cyber Monday yesterday. Today's Giving Tuesday, so I hope you'll Support uh, your favorite organization, favorite charity, favorite uh, group uh, with your uh, your financial uh, support, if you can, whatever it is, uh, however amount it is, would be appreciated. So on uh, Giving Tuesday, at Small Business, what, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, and Giving Tuesday. All of those happen here in this uh, span of time. Ryan Dallas Real Estate. Number one real estate team in central Illinois. They're ranked 15th in the nation for homes sold. Consistently number one in client satisfaction. Voted number one in the area's People's Choice Awards. Choose the team that puts your goals first. Ryan Dallas Real Estate. Recent home seller in Champaign on the market with another agent for months with no results. Hired Ryan Dallas and is under contract and closed in less than 30 days. It can happen for you if you need to move a home. And, of course, we've got variable interest rates and Things are changing daily in the uh, housing market. So get uh, the company that is focused on getting you results. Ryan Dallas Real Estate. Go to RyanDallasRE.com, the official real estate team of the Fighting Illini. We'll have game day coverage tonight. When are we starting? 4.30. Yeah, 6.30. These odd uh, start times. (laughs) 6.30 tonight for Illinois and Syracuse. Illinois leading the all-time series two games to one. All right, let's get to uh, CBS News, shall we, here in a moment. We'll come back with some more open line time. Mike Roy joins me at the end of the show. We'll sprinkle in a few other things. Most dangerous roads in America. Maybe you've been on some of those. We'll start working those in here as we go. And if there's any roads around here you think might fit on that list, I can think of a couple. Uh, 933, here's CBS. Hey, Illini family. It's Illini women's basketball coach Shauna Green. Don't miss a minute of Illini basketball this season on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM DWS. On a penny for your thoughts, as we continue here, 9.35 at uh, DWS. Texture says, I have no interest in going and less interest in watching a bowl game if Chase Brown opts out. I don't think that should be allowed. The scholarship isn't cheap. Well, that's been the trend lately in some of these other 
bowl games that are not part of the college football playoff, the Final Four, if you will, that uh, if they want to play at the next level, and uh, I don't think any decision has been made on some of these uh, guys that are potentially going to be in the NFL, but it is, it has been a trend. And I guess if you're in their shoes and you're potentially going to play at the next level in a game that isn't necessarily for a championship or a chance at a championship, you're going to have to weigh that, I guess, right? If you were in his in their shoes, what would you do? I don't know. A lot of them opt out now, but we'll see what happens with that. There should be a lot of awards coming out. Illinois is going to be in line for several of those, I would think, as they get set to announce some of those awards, I think, starting today. 9.36 at News Talk 1400 DWS. Tiny's up next. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I got a couple of things, Brian, I want to talk about. appreciate you letting me on. Yes, sir. Um, I want to I want to talk about poor old Joe Biden. He's got about half the brains of a rabbit, if he's got that much. And I, I want to talk about this railroad thing. The, the decisions on what you do with the railroad are the president's decisions. They're not the, they're not the, the Congress or whatever you want to call it. He, he's the one that makes those decisions. He's the one that's got the authority. He's the one that can do what he wants to do. He could probably tell the the railroad owner if you don't come around and and get this thing over with, I won't give you any more government money. Or maybe he can do something for the railroaders. I don't know, but uh, he can go talk to him in person. <coughs> the Congress don't. <coughs> Imagine that I got a frog. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah, take a drink I, of water. I, that's all I'm going to talk about, Joe, because I want to get this. Up. <laughs> all right, you all right, hang on, Brian? I'll be just a second. All right, hang on. I'll put you on hold, and we'll we'll have you come back. All right. Hope he's okay there. Uh, yeah, I'll have to look up the uh, the 1926 Railroad Act and see. Um, I don't know. You know, the Congress is the one who has the authority in that matter. I mean, the president can negotiate and can do all that, but I don't know how much power he actually has. Are you back? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Okay, good. Yeah. You're okay. <laughs> I said I was okay. You started, I started. I want to talk about the support for the police. Okay. I have a blue light burning in my house. I understand if you're living in a residence or a business and, and you want to support the police, you can. You have a blue light burning at night. Mm-hmm. I also have a green light for the veterans burning at my house. And I'm not bragging about this. I'm, I'm I want to complain. I don't see any blue lights or green lights out. What do the people not know this or they just don't care? And maybe I'm advertising for them. And if I am, I hope so. Turn on your blue lights and your green light people. These soldiers gave their lives for us, and if you can't turn on a green light, you're in bad shape. And that's the same way with the police. They give, they go out every day, and we never know what's going to happen to them. And they needed their support. Sure. And I would, uh, I've always condemned Finan, but uh, the, the mayor. But less, you know, I live in Urbana, 
But as I've said before, Champaign-Urbana is one town. What happens in Champaign happens in Urbana, and, and uh, as uh, the French don't used to say, vice versa. You remember that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do remember that, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, seems like the mayor's got a handle on that police thing. She's She's got a good policeman. You can't get police, but I... I believe her when she says she's trying to get him. I don't know what these other two people are going to do. So you better stay with somebody you know what she's doing. And uh, that's about all I have to say. But I, I'm, well, I'm glad you looked that up, uh, Brian, about the railroad thing. I had it in my head that uh, when Reagan was in in charge, and the airport uh, on the airport deal. Mm-hmm. Yep. He, he told him he'd fire every one of them, and he did. Yes, he and did. They didn't believe him. They yeah. had a stupid business agent. The airport people did. They had a, a guy who was representing labor that didn't have. He's about like uh, Biden. He had about half the brains of a rabbit. And uh, he led him down the, the, the wrong path. And uh, they thought Reagan was kidding him. Well, they should have known anybody that would drop a, a bomb down a guy's chimney. <laughs> he kind of meant what he was saying. Well, yeah. And I think I'm right. And the Reagan that dropped the bomb down, who was it, Gaddafi? Uh, probably Gaddafi, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he dropped that down his chimney. He was Gaddafi was a big mouth guy, you know. He just blabbed, blabbed, blabbed. Can you remember him? Uh, say that again. Who uh, you took? Well, not his name, Gaddafi. Yes, yeah, guy. the guy in Libya. Yeah, mm-hmm. Gaddafi, yeah, Mo- Muammar Gaddafi. And he sure. just he just out just shooting his mouth off all the time and mm-hmm. telling what all he's going to do and who he's going to hurt and just blah blah blah. And Reagan, he he hurt all he wanted. Goodbye. I'll see you. Just the frog is there again. Mm-hmm. He meant business. Right, thank you. Yep. All right. Thanks hey, thanks for putting up with me. Very good, sir. Thank you. Yep. Get get rid of that frog there. Nine forty two. At DWS. All right. Most range, uh, dangerous roads in America. Here are some. Uh, the road to Hana. Uh, I think I'm saying this right. Hana, H-A-N-A, Hawaii. If Maybe you've been on some of this, some of these roads. Driving around the islands of Hawaii seems like a journey through paradise. So be careful what you wish for, especially if you're traveling along Maui's road to Hana. The road connects uh, Kalui to Hana along the island's rugged eastern shoreline. And though the highway offers picturesque views of mountaintops, lush greenery, and crashing waves, it is far from a luxurious drive. Along the way, you'll encounter a whopping 620 turns and 59 narrow bridges. The route requires such caution it takes motorists anywhere from two to four hours to complete. And that's why the Hawaii Tourism Authority recommends traveling with a permitted tour company instead. All right, that was one. Highway 2 in Montana. Montana, the country's fourth largest state by size, but the eighth smallest in population. These are the most dangerous roads. This means you can drive for quite some time before coming across anyone else. Open roads can lead to pleasant drives, but they can also be quite dangerous. Nowhere is this more true than on Montana's Highway 2, which stretches east-west across the northern end of the state. The roadway maintains a 70-mile-an-hour speed limit even as it winds through some mountainous regions. And while the scenic nature may be eye-popping, it also means you're far away from the nearest help. 
In 2021, the median EMS call in Montana took a total of nearly 45 minutes. The number only gets higher when first responders have to travel to and from remote Highway 2. The James Dalton Highway in Alaska, 414 miles through the Alaskan wilderness from Fairbanks to Dead Horse, located on the shores of the Arctic Ocean, is on the list. The dirt and gravel roadway was constructed in 1974 to help facilitate the oil industry and to this day is used to transport oil. The Dalton traverses through some of Alaska's most treacherous terrain, forests, tundras, deep grades, and the Yukon River. Traveling along the road is so dramatic, in fact, it's the focus of the hit television show Ice Road Truckers. But the remoteness is what makes it most dangerous. There are only three towns along the entire route which includes a 240-mile stretch without a single gas station or rest stop. Should something happen to you along the way, it may take a long time to get help. All right, so there's three of them. <laughs> Top ten dangerous roads in America. And it got me, got me to thinking about any uh, roads around here. It seems like, now maybe, the, you know, I've, I've heard people say, well, it's not as bad as you think it is, but it seems like there is always an accident somewhere between on I-74 between here and Danville. Somewhere in there, there always seems to be an accident or something that is slowing traffic down. I don't know what it is. But I've been caught in a couple of those over the years, and it uh, there's usually some kind of construction going on in that stretch near St. Joe or Ogden or, or somewhere. So I, maybe you've experienced that same thing. Uh, Bill says, I drive around town every day doing service calls. Every day I attempt to leave a business or turn on a main road, and whether turning left or right, an inconsiderate driver pulls up next to me and past me, blocking my view. Every day drivers at a four-way stop go out of turn. There are rules for these stops. The new rule is if it's a woman under 40, it's always her turn. <laughs> it's getting old, Bill says. Okay, well. Uh, that's at a four-way stop. I'm trying to think of some other ones where there's a little tricky. Um, of course, over the years, we've improved some of the the dangerous ones. I know we had uh, someone um, in some serious accidents. I think someone got killed. This was shortly after I got back here to town 20 years ago. And, of course, they've added the, the big stoplights there. I'm thinking on uh, Springfield Avenue, Route 10, going west there, Rising Road, Staley Road, out that way. Uh, they've improved that over time. But there have been some dangerous ones over the years. But uh, there's a couple anyway at the national level that they feature today. AAA just out with that this morning. All right, 947 at DWS. Another quick break. Penny for your thoughts. A lot of open line time today. Up until 11, we will have Mike Roy with us at uh, 1040, 1045, somewhere in there. Talk about an event in Sydney. Tomorrow, Jim Dye will have an open line for both hours. Jim Dye sits in with me in the second hour. And Justice Robert Steigman on Thursday, Friday's show from College Park, Maryland, as we get ready for Big Ten basketball out there. 947, back after this. Nine fifty on a penny for your thoughts. 
Hutchcraft Van Lines, they can help you with a move. They've been doing this since the 1940s. Timing is everything, right, when it comes to uh, starting a business, and they did. Just as Americans, uh, American families were growing and moving throughout the country, they have a location in uh, Urbana, Lincoln Avenue, 1614 North Lincoln. Phone number is 217-328-3333. In 1953, the Hutchcraft brothers, Orrin and Gerald, became agents for United Van Lines. And that was uh, appropriate and timely as well. A new carrier launched to meet a growing demand for national moving services. Wherever you need to go, your relocation specialist at Hutchcraft Van Service can uh, get it done for you. They've got a great storage facility, too. can uh, help with office relocation, record storage service. They have 50 trucks, vans, and trailers, lift trucks, trailers for heavy items. All of that available to you at Hutchcraft Van Service. Located on Lincoln Avenue in Urbana. Also over in Normal, if you're over that way, in McLean County. But uh, Hutchcraft Van Service, one of our great sponsors here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Uh, are the coaches' shows on a podcast somewhere? Yes, they are. If you go to fightingillini.com, you should be able to find, if you go to media, uh, they usually have a list of things that have aired recently, and that's where you should find them. If you don't, let me know. Uh, speaking of team colors, whatever happened to the home team always wearing white? You wore color uniforms when they were on road games. Well, that's just changed a bit over time. Marketing, uh, Nike got in the game, and there's uh, we had alternate jerseys. We haven't used them in a while. We had the old gray jerseys they wore, of course, for football. Even basketball got into the gray jerseys a little bit here a few years ago, but I haven't seen them in a while. And I can't tell you the last time we wore the blue jerseys on the road. Wore those a lot early in Brad Underwood's early years. I think the record in the notes I saw, and this may be what the reason is, <laughs> was when we wore the uh, blue jerseys under Brad Underwood in the last few years, and it, not just Brad, but going back, the record is 2-20. and 20. I've seen that in the game notes, and we haven't worn them. I can't tell you the last time we did, wore the blue ones. And they look pretty sharp, I thought, but... It's either been white at home, orange at home, or um, orange on the road. So I don't know. It's just changed marketing. You can sell, uh, you know, alternate jerseys and so forth. We've got the the alternate, uh, the flying Illini jerseys. They wear those occasionally. Uh, the flying Illini type jersey with the fighting above the number and the Illini below it. You've got the cursive uh, Illinois jersey, which seems to be back in trend that they wore back when I first started going to games in the uh, 70s, so it's, it is interesting how the uh, uniform world has changed. Uh, let's see, I-74, talking about dangerous roads, I-74 and I-57 interchange was poorly designed from the get-go. It's like the Indianapolis 500. Well, that's why they're uh, changing it, right? And it's kind of uh, dangerous to go through there now. you got to be careful with all the construction underway, and that's going to be a while yet before they get that done. Because I go through it every day. And sometimes I uh, avoid it. If it's wet or slippery, I just avoid it. Uh, there is a dangerous road in Montana. It takes you right by the train station, somebody says. Okay, I don't know if they're referring to that road that was mentioned here or not. Another dangerous road, AAA out with that this morning. Atlanta's I-285. In Atlanta, Georgia, known as the perimeter because it circles the city in a 64-mile loop. 
It connects all the area's interstates and highways, and in doing so, welcomes an onslaught of traffic, including tractor-trailers, they say. The combination of congestion, sharp turns, interchanges, and large trucks has turned I-285 in Atlanta into a lethal stretch of pavement. Back in 2015, Vox calculated the the, uh, road's fatality rate at 3.5 every 10 miles, which at that time made it the country's deadliest interstate. All right, I don't know if you've been on that one before. You can uh, you can let me know. I-15 Nevada and California, the 181-mile stretch of I-15 connecting Las Vegas and Los Angeles is a straight, well-maintained roadway, and yet it routinely ranks as one of the country's most dangerous roads. The problem isn't the road, it's the drivers. Motorists often speed on I-15 while traveling through the openness of the Mojave Desert. The fact they're likely coming or going from the party city of Las Vegas doesn't help either. The same study found that nearly a quarter of the crashes occurring on I-15 in that section between uh, Nevada and California, L.A. and Las Vegas, a quarter of the crashes occurring on that stretch involved a drunk driver. 9.56 on DWS. On a penny for your thoughts, uh, Texter says, I understand from the Chase Brown side of things, but he wouldn't have the NFL looking at him if he wasn't for the university giving him a scholarship to play and an education for after football. They should have to play in a bowl. When will it stop? Players start opting out of the last three games. Well, I don't think that's going to happen, but um, certainly it's just been the trend. You know, there's a lot of money at stake. There's no doubt. So I, I can't, I can't ever, I've never been in that position. I can't say I wouldn't do the same thing. But uh, you have to kind of look at it from their perspective too. But sure, I'd love them all to play in every game and bowl game included. That's part of the fun for us as fans. There's no doubt about that. All right, 217-351-5357, and uh, that is the text line. I'm just checking to see if there's any more here that have come in. I'll check a couple more places here. 957, a quick timeout. Got the news coming up here at the top of the hour. First, this T.O. here on Penny. Illini family, this is Illinois women's basketball coach Shauna Green. We're on the road tomorrow night. Listen in on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. This is WDWS Champaign-Urbana at the Tone, 10 o'clock, back with more after the news. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. On a penny for your thoughts, hour number two, with you till 11 today. Jim Dye will be with me in the 10 o'clock hour tomorrow. Justice Robert Steigman with us on Thursday. Jim Dye will talk to him about the uh, headline he had today, Squabble Ends in County Board Chair's Favor. 
a ruling in front of the Illinois Supreme Court ruled 7 nothing that the board chairman, not the county executive, has legal authority to fill vacancies to elected positions like the treasurer or board seats. That concluded a long-running dispute between Kleppel, uh, Darlene Kleppel, a Democrat, and board Democrats over who possessed the appointment power in light of county voters 2016 to create an elected executive post. So we'll ask Jim about that story tomorrow when we have him in here in the uh, 10 o'clock hour. 217-356-9397 is our number. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. A couple of birthdays I want to pass along today. One is a friend of ours, a friend of our family's longtime friend, Joan Huffman over in Danville, has a birthday today. Was a teacher over there for many years and want to wish her a happy birthday today. And my father-in-law, Lee Rogers, former superintendent at Muhammad Schools, He's a great father-in-law, and uh, lucky to have him, and uh, it's his birthday today. So if you see him down or you're listening down there in southern Illinois, uh, and you see Lee around today, wish him a happy birthday to my uh, father-in-law. All right, uh, 10-11 at uh, DWS. Uh, this, by the way, uh, 217-356-9397 is the phone number. We're just going through some various things that have come up today. Uh, most dangerous highways I've got into today. AAA out with uh, that released here uh, just uh, recently. And uh, some of them included I-15 between Nevada and California, I-285, I think it was, around Atlanta, the perimeter. Maybe you've been on some of these, and you can uh, share any uh, confirmation of uh, these particular stories. U.S. Route 17 in uh, South Carolina is another one that's on that list. Uh, there's one here in Arizona, I-10, Interstate 10, of course, goes across the entire country from Jacksonville, Florida to Santa Monica, California. But it's the roughly 300-mile stretch through Arizona that is proven most foreboding. The highway's long, straight stretches through the desert are hot spots of high speeds, aggressive driving, illegal passing, and inattentive drivers. Nearly 500 fatalities were recorded on Arizona's I-10 over a recent six-year period. Trying to think if I've driven on I 10. I think I have. Pretty sure I have between uh, Arizona and California back in the day when I was doing spring training games uh, on the radio for the Angels. Uh, Interstate 4 between Tampa and Daytona Beach is on the list. It was once found to be one of the deadliest interstates in the country, recording 1.4 fatalities per mile. One explanation for the road's high incident rate could be its route directly through Orlando, one of the country's premier tourist destinations. What's the first thing people do when they get off the plane? One uh, Florida Safety Council member asked. Well, they rent a car they're not familiar with. And while they're on the GPS, so they're looking at the phone and the GPS, of course, which is a distraction while they're driving because they don't know where they're going. Yeah, I, I think that would be... Uh, that would be possible. I-45 in Texas. Some roads are innately dangerous because of how they're designed or the terrain they traverse. Others are dangerous simply because of how many drivers use them and the number of ensuing crashes they cause. The congested Galveston to Dallas section of I-45, which runs through downtown Dallas, was recently named the deadliest road in America by Budget Direct, citing heavy traffic and driver complacency. 
The road found, uh, the company found I-45 averages 56 and a half fatal accidents for every 100 miles of roadway. I don't know if, I don't think I've been on that one. Uh, Lake Pontchartrain Causeway in Louisiana, 24 miles long. It holds the Guinness World Record for the longest bridge over water. Depending on how you feel about driving over a half hour suspended over a lake, the causeway can be a thrilling or nerve-wracking experience. When you get toward the middle of the bridge, where dry land is completely out of view, it'll veer toward the latter. The bridge surrounded by water also leaves drivers open to the elements. The causeway can become so uh, steeped in fog so thick that police have to usher drivers across the lake, Lake Pontchartrain in Louisiana. So that's uh, on the list from AAA today. 217-356-9397 is our number. Dangerous roads, someone says, for what it's worth, my auto insurance premiums rose when I moved back to Champaign County post-military. Reason given, high-risk area. Hmm. Okay. I don't know if that has to do with uh, driving on campus or anything like that. Mentioned uh, players opting out. Somebody uh, mentioned players opting out of uh, bowl games. People upset that Chase Brown or others might opt out, and, and I don't think Chase has said anything. It's just speculation uh, on who could who could opt out. I mean, that's been the trend among uh, college players with some of these bowl games that are not in the Final Four, the championship games. They opt out. Uh, can Google Willis McGee? He lost millions when he blew out a knee in a meaningless football game. Well, I looked that up, and it wasn't exactly meaningless. It was in... 2002, he was with Miami, had an undefeated regular season, a number one ranking. They played in the national championship game against Ohio State. And then in the early part of the fourth quarter during the 2003 Fiesta Bowl national championship game, McGee suffered an injury after catching a screen pass from his quarterback. He was hit by the Buckeye safety, turning his left knee into a swivel joint and causing tears of the ACL, PCL, and MCL. Miami would eventually lose the game. At the season's end, he announced he would not collect on a $2.5 million insurance policy he had taken out before the championship game and therefore would enter the NFL draft. He did wind up being drafted, but he was considered a cinch top-five pick. He eventually dropped, uh, projected to the uh, third round. He was projected anyway. eventually was selected in the first round by the Buffalo Bills. But it wasn't exactly a meaningless game. It was a championship game of college football. But I get your point. 10-17 at uh, DWS here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. John is with us this morning. How you doing, John? I'm doing well, right? Everybody went well during Thanksgiving. Hey, uh, you did mention I-10 West, but when we were stationed in Fort Hood on the way to El Paso, you get to Midland, Texas on I-10, and they tell you, Fill up now. If you got extra gas cans, do it. There's no service station between here and El Paso. There used to be soldier cars everywhere because they ran out of gas. Wow. <laughs> yep, I believe I it. Between between Midland and El Paso, Texas. And since you're speaking of Lake Poster Train, I hope as you're going down there, it's pretty dangerous. Just put on Poco in the heart of the night. You'll be all right. <laughs> put on what? Put on. 
Coco in the Heart of the Night. You ever heard that song? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a beautiful song, you know, Lake Puncture Train. Yeah, yeah. I would think it'd be dark out there, too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It is a little dangerous. But, That's uh, right. Yeah. That, I-10, that stretch of I-10 West, it's, it, they tell you, put some gas in your car, get extra gas cans. Uh, I don't know. It's been years since I've been that way, but uh, it used to be nothing but desert. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But as you're talking about, and then I've driven from where did I drive from? New Orleans to Lake Charles, Louisiana, on I-10. I think it's I-10. And man, there was nothing but swamps, and it gets dark, and yeah. And, and then uh, you look through, as you're going, you look in the weed, look in the bushes and the weeds, and you start seeing lights and light. How do these people live in them places? Them shanties, uh-uh. snakes, everything. Yep, alligators. <laughs> yeah, I start I start gators. seeing alligator signs, and I'm like, okay, I don't need to run out of gas here. Think about it, John. We didn't have cell phones. Didn't have really cell phones back in the day. So that's right. You were out of luck. I tell you, doing my ranger training. Hey, I. Well, I'm. We had to do a little bit of everything, and I said, God, when I get through with this, I ain't going. I ain't doing this no more. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, very good. Young and dumb, man. Good okay, stuff. Take care. Have Thank you, day. John. Appreciate it. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Anniversary today. This is the fiftieth uh, anniversary of the game Pong. You remember that Pong? Uh, we actually had that in our house. The video game turns fifty today. It was released in nineteen seventy two. Became the first commercially successful video game. Never seen it? Well, it was pretty basic. Just two lines that represented paddles. A dashed line is a net and a ball on a black screen, and that's it. First one was installed at Andy Capps Tavern in Sunnyvale, California. We actually had one in the Barnhart house. And here's what it sounded like if you didn't if you haven't heard it. Remember that? <laughs> that was video games in the 1970s. Sounds like somebody was trying to send a Morse code or something, didn't it? I don't know. Tapping on a wall or something. Uh, 1020 at DWS. Come a long way since then, I guess. All right, let me get a break in. Back with more here in just a moment on Penny. She's made a little money off of this song, I think. I think she lost her lawsuit, though, to be the queen of Christmas, right? <laughs> All right, uh, 1023 at DWS on a, a penny for your thoughts. By the way, I mentioned Chase Brown. He is a finalist now, just out this morning, a finalist for the Doak Walker Award as the nation's top running back. He's a finalist, and uh, Divin Witherspoon, a finalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Those are really prestigious. 
And it's the first time since 1995 Illinois had a pair of student-athlete finalists for National College Football Association awards. Brown and Witherspoon are in the final three for their respective awards. Winners announced on ESPN's Home Depot College Football Awards on December the 8th. So that is a uh, big-time honor. Illinois had some finalists. The Werfel Award, Nathan Shieldhouse was up for that. Nagurski Award, Whitney Merciless back in 2011. Werfel Award, Jay Lehman back in 07. And these are some of the Illinois finalists over the years. Uh, let me see if I have this straight. A listener says there's a growing revolt in communist China over COVID restrictions. There are, among many other things, a revolt by the people of China against the communist government. Meanwhile, here in this country, we're now mired in a railroad crisis, largely brought on by COVID restrictions and the fallout from it. Well, the strike hasn't happened yet, but it's looming. Can anyone in this country defend the Chinese government against the uh, protesters? All right, uh, appreciate that text. The uh, Pong sound effects sound like the 1972 song Popcorn by Hot Butter. <laughs> Somebody says, okay, on the 50th anniversary of Pong, 1025. We were easily amused back then, weren't we? Uh, hi, Brian. How about the main road in Champaign-Urbana? I saw a car northbound on Mattis at Devonshire, well above the, well above the posted speed limit. I would estimate the speed at around 60 miles an hour. Where are the police? Greg says. And let's see what else. This The extraterrestrial highway in Nevada is a little creepy, someone says. Talking about the most dangerous roads in America. 217-351-5357. Mentioning some of them uh, that have been on there. The Lake Pontchartrain Causeway, the road to Hana in Hawaii, I-15 between... L.A. and Las Vegas, they say, is dangerous. It's all from AAA. Million Dollar Highway, Colorado. Officially known as U.S. Route 550, local legend says the Million Dollar Highway got its moniker after an earlier traveler proclaimed she'd have to be paid a million dollars to drive it again. Winding through Red Mountain Pass in the San Juan Mountains, the roadway is undoubtedly one of the most breathtaking in the country, but those stunning views don't come easily. You'll encounter steep cliffs, hairpin turns as you climb the highway more than 11,000 feet above sea level. If that's not unnerving enough, the road carved into the side of the mountains has no guardrails. Throw in some harsh Colorado weather and the occasional rock slide, you have one of the most dangerous roads in the country, according to the list. And Route 1 in Florida doesn't have Colorado's mountains. It's one of roughly half the country states without a full ban on using a handheld cell phone while driving. Highway 1 in Florida. Most of the route up the eastern coast is straight as an arrow, inviting drivers to reach dangerous speeds. The southern end, known as the Overseas Highway, connects the Florida Keys to Miami. It consists of miles and miles of bridge driving, something many people find distracting or unsettling. They found Florida's section of U.S. 1 to be the country's second deadliest road. In total, 87 people died there between 2015 and 2019. So anyway, AAA and the USA Today teaming up on that. Found that kind of interesting. I was thinking about some roads around here as well. The Beef House. You can drive over there. 
Be safe going over to the Beef House in Covington, Indiana, exit 4, just inside the Indiana state line. If you want a great steak, don't drive too fast, but give yourself some time. But you'll notice the aroma of the steakhouse when you get close to the Beef House. They've got steaks, chicken, pork, pasta, and seafood. They've got the lunch buffet. You can do that. Make sure if you go over there that you do pick up some Beef House rolls and bring them back to your office. That is a requirement in this office. So make sure you do that. The Beef House, exit 4, just inside the Indiana State Line, about four miles. I think there's the um, Welcome Center there, right, just inside the Indiana State Line, and then you go another couple of miles. And you're there at the Beef House. Say hi to Bob and Bonnie Wright. The Beef House, Covington, Indiana, one of our great sponsors. They do have their Christmas shows. Make sure you go to BeefHouseRules.com for information on that. All right, Illinois and Syracuse tonight. Three meetings previously. The first, December 78, Illinois won 64-61 in Lexington, Kentucky. That was part of Lou Henson's 15-0 start that year in 78-79. It was at the Kentucky Invitational. They beat Syracuse and beat A&M, Texas A&M, to win it. Uh, They lost to Syracuse in December of 1995. That's the last meeting. Syracuse won that one 75-64 in the Rainbow Classic. But, of course, the most famous one is the meeting with Illinois and Syracuse. 89-86, the Illini win over the Syracuse Orange. Uh, Billy Owens had 22. Nick Anderson, 24. Kendall Gill had 18. Kenny Battle had 28. Hit 12 field goals in that game. And the Illini only went 2 of 4 from 3-point territory. 2 out of 4 from 3. Think how the game has changed since then. And our uh, our friend, our late friend Jim Turpin and Lauren Tate were Mike's side for the game in March of 1989 against Syracuse, who we play tonight in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Here's how that sounded. You might remember this. Well, if he makes this, they can force the three-point shot from them. He can force them to shoot the three, and you can guard him outside. 88-86, Illinois. One more for battle on the way, and good! Battle cans them both. 15 seconds to go. In it comes to Steve Thompson. 13 seconds. Thompson at the top of the circle for three. A left-hander on the way. Short. Rebound tipped. It goes to the corner. Gill has it. Six seconds. Five seconds. Deep pass for battle. Kenny drives the lane. Lays it up and lays it over. Illinois wins. Illinois wins. Illinois wins. Final four. Final four. Final four. Final four. 89 to 86. They're sprawled all over. They're sprawled on both ends of the court. Illini players are being beat up out there by their own teammates. I don't know. I guess the final score is 89-86. to Battle went in, and the ball didn't go in on his shot, so that doesn't count. But we'll take a three-pointer. The last three-pointer by Thompson wasn't really very close, Jim. The Illini were third in the NCAA tournament in 1949, again in 1951. And again in 1952, and this is the first time since then, back in the Final Four. Jim Turpin, Lauren Tate, Illinois and Syracuse, 1989, one of the three meetings, and of course that's the most famous of all, and uh, just an unbelievable call there by those two guys uh, heard on the radio here on DWS. Illinois and Syracuse tonight, Big Ten ACC Challenge, the last Big Ten ACC Challenge, Brad Underwood. By the way, going for win number 100 as the Illini coach. He's 99-67 and 67 in Champaign. Jim Beheim in his 47th year 
47th year as the coach of Syracuse. News headlines here at the bottom of the hour, and we'll come back with more. Penny, for your thoughts, we've got uh, Mike Roy coming in for a little bit too near the end. On this Tuesday, here's CBS. It's easy to listen to us anywhere. Download the News Gazette app and click on Listen Live to News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM. These are my people. These are my friends. She grabbed my face and that's when she said, I like that you broke and broke you like me. Maybe that makes me a fool. I like that you're lonely, lonely like me. I could be lonely. I was wondering, is Jim Beheim in his 47th year? He was a player at Syracuse, an assistant at Syracuse from 69 to 76. He's also been an assistant Olympic coach. The Olympic teams of 08, 12, and 16 with Mike Krzyzewski worked for him, with him. Who was the coach before Jim Beheim? And it was a gentleman named Roy Danforth. Coached there from 68 to 76, left for Tulane. And Jim Beheim took over, and he's been there ever since. Think about that. He's been the coach at Syracuse since the bicentennial year. Is that right? Since 76. Uh, Donna, how are you, Donna? I'm fine. I was up at Minnesota to see Illinois up at the what used to be the Metrodome up there. Yeah. And we said as high as you could get. <laughs> that's, he, that's pretty high. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was one of the best games I think I've ever seen. Yep, that one in the uh, that one in the that one in the Arizona game, I think, are got to be top two on a lot of a lot of people's list. That's the only time I've ever been to a Final Four in my life, and I do want to go back sometime. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me too. Too bad we. Yeah. Well, you went to the one in St. Louis, didn't you, Brian? Yes, I did. Yeah, I still say we got robbed, but you know, even though I. Well, matter of fact, we sent Illinois some real nice stuff from where I, at Collegiate, which is now Herb Jones, but we sent them some things mm. to thank them for their, you know. And the, I think this team's going to be good. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. They're uh, they're getting better. I don't think they've hit anywhere near their ceiling. No, not right now. No. Not right but now. I really am proud of our football team. I am too. I never thought they would get to where they are now. Not so quickly, well, anyway. Gonna a, there's going to be a time when we're going to get national champs. It might not be in my lifetime, but we're going to get there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hoping so. I want to see it. Yeah, I am too. Okay, thanks thank, a lot, thank, Brian. You do a good job. Thank you, Donna. Good You're to have welcome. you with us. Yep, thank you. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Illinois. 10-13 and 13 all-time in the uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge. They've won two straight. 6-4 and four at home in the Challenge. Last year, they beat Notre Dame 82-72. Kofi had 28 in that game. Alfonso Plummer had 21. And Illinois, the most wins they've had, interestingly enough, the most wins they've had in the Big Ten ACC Challenge have been against North Carolina. They're 3-1. and one. They lost twice to Miami of Florida, 0-2. That was the only team they did not beat who they played. And along the way, now remember Maryland used to be in the ACC. They played Maryland four times. They went 1-3 and three against the Terps. And it's interesting, Maryland, as a member of the ACC, 
went 10 and 5 against the Big 10, but they're only 1 and 7 as a member of the Big 10 against the ACC. I found that interesting. And Duke has the best record of anybody 19 and 4 in the 23 years of the Big 10 ACC challenge, but Illinois got them what in that uh, COVID year down at Duke. And then the teams Illinois has played in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, Duke, they were 1-2, and two, Maryland 1-3, and three, North Carolina 3-1, and 1-1 one, one and one against Wake Forest, 1-1 one and one against Clemson, 1-1 one and one against Georgia Tech, 0-2 oh against Miami of Florida, 1-2 and two against Notre Dame, and 1-0 and oh against NC State. And tonight, Syracuse at 6-30. 10-39, Dave on Penny. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing great. You were talking about the road to Hana. Yeah. And I do not include the road to Hana as a very dangerous road, even though AAA does. Mm-hmm. The road to Hana is not about trying to get to Hana. The road to Hana is experiencing the waterfalls along the way. It's experiencing all the grandeur of the tropical rainforest that you're going through. It's, it is just absolutely gorgeous. And this guy named Andrew Doty writes books about how to do things in Hawaii. And one of his books is Maui Reveal. And he tells you, skip Twin Falls where everybody stops. And he tells you, go around the corner here and stop at this banyan tree at mile marker 16.1. And you go through this banyan tree that you would never notice. And you come out into this like Garden of Eden through a lava tube. I mean, the road to Hana is not about traveling a, a dangerous road. It's about going 10 miles an hour and seeing God's nature and it's best and glorious. Mm. And so I, I don't consider it like I-10. I don't consider it in those areas. Is it dangerous? Yeah, it can be. And we went around the, the bottom of the island and or around the east end of the island and we're going to come back another way so we didn't have to go through that. And the road was out. So we had to turn around and go back through at night. Mm. And I told my wife, I said, I think it's easier to go at night because you see cars coming because of their lights. Where you're going five miles an hour around a turn, and that's, that's, very, that's very quick, five miles an hour around a turn sometimes on those. If it tells you 15 miles an hour, I go 10. Because, oh, yeah. And I'm... I'm one that takes chances, okay, but not there because when they post it, they post it high. And they tell you where to get the banana bread at, the world's best banana bread. They tell you where to stop and find pools, waterfall into a pool where you can sit in this pool and the tide comes in over you. They show you the, the green sand beaches, the red sand beaches, the black pitch black sand beaches so when they talk the road to hana being dangerous i don't think it's hmm. dangerous yeah it's because you're going along at five and ten miles an hour if you're trying to get from point a to point b and you're going 30 miles an hour it'd be dangerous as all get out hmm. but it 
but it's just a beautiful thing to do. That's interesting, yeah, because I don't think I've been on that particular road. I know that because I've been out with the basketball team for the tournament in Maui, but I think it's on the west side, right? The Lahaina's yes, on the is. other Lahaina's side. Lahaina's yeah. on the west side. Yeah, yes. okay. Lahaina's on the west side. Hana's all the way on the east side. Okay. And you're going along the north area, you know, and all those – all those islands just have a road around them and a couple that cut across and through them. But the, the most fun we had on Hawaii, and it was according to this guy too, this Andrew Doty, he told us how to do going to Hiliakala, and that's the mountain that formed two-thirds of the island. Another, another volcano formed another one. They pick you up at your hotel at 2 in the morning. They outfit you, they take you up, give you something to eat, and you watch the sunrise mm. at the rim of Heliocala, and then they put you on a bike and bike you down 26 miles to the coast. Mm. And that is a blast. <laughs> I've heard of that. And you, yep. And, oh, that was the most fun I think we've had out there in Hawaii. <laughs> Although swimming with the manta rays, that was pretty good, too. Swimming with 300 dolphins, you know, that was fun, too. Um, and where mm. they're playing with you and that. I tell you what, Hawaii is paradise. It is. It is. No, you're absolutely right. It's just a, it's a long way out there, and it's not cheap. But if you can if you can do that, if you can get by those two things, it's fantastic. Well, I told my wife the first time we went, I said, this is a nine-hour trip. Yep. We're doing it once. <laughs> I'm not going to go in a plane again with all these people. I don't want to do this. A silver tube out there. I don't want to do it again. Yep. And we've been back three times. So right. we love it. Yeah, it is beautiful. Hey, Dave, yep. thank you so much. That's awesome. Thank you. You bet. Bye bye. Good description. 1044. Let me get Mike Roy in here. Back after this. And so I'm offering. A simple phrase to kids from one to Although it's been said many times, many on a many for your thoughts. Getting closer to Christmas every day here at the end of November, ten forty six at DWS. Uh, previous texter talking about dangerous roads out there. Previous texter this morning talking about the dangerous highway in Montana that runs, quote, by the train station as a Yellowstone fan. Okay, that's probably why I missed the – is that why I missed that? You missed that. See, I don't watch Yellowstone, so I don't know. I probably should. Yes. Uh, somebody else mentioned the Pennsylvania Turnpike, any of it. I've been on that, and so that's a long stretch. And when you look at traffic fatalities in the local area, I-74 – was on that list a couple of summers ago because of the massive construction zones. Construction zones are very dangerous and not properly analyzed for safety. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. All right, appreciate all that. Uh, Mike Roy is with us. Sydney hometown Christmas, and you brought a guest. I with certainly you. did. Uh, we we are uh, coexisting or co-promoting with uh, with Homer and their shopping festival. So I brought uh, Sharon Jeffers with me here from Homer. Okay, from Homer. Yes. You know, do you know C.W. Greer? I absolutely do. Do you? Yes, great guy. He's pretty big in Homer? Yes. <laughs> is he? Okay. He's Good. a big man in Homer. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. All right, uh, hometown Christmas. So well, tell me what's going on here. What, lots going on. In Sydney, we'll be doing our annual shopping event at the community center from 10 to 3 o'clock. Um, vendors uh, with all kinds of uh, crafts, soaps. Uh, the churches will have some baked goods 
Cincy pampered chef. I mean, you can do some Christmas shopping, you know, depending on what you're looking for, maybe get it all done that day. And mm-hmm. when you're done done with us, then you can drive five miles down to Slab to Homer, and uh, Sharon will have a whole bunch of uh, vendors at, at her establishment. Yeah. What's it going to look like at Homer? Um, we are, we're going to be at the grade school this year. We have over 20 vendors. We've got crafts um, with home decor, candle mm-hmm. soaps, jewelry, all kinds of vendors. We also have um, a cookie walk for the Homer Auxiliary. They sell, you can come buy homemade cookies by the pound. They'll also be serving mm-hmm. lunch. We have a silent auction. The proceeds are going to go to our 2023 Freedom Music Festival and Fireworks. We have Santa's going to come visit. We have lots of activities, crafts and stuff for the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so plenty to do. Yes, plenty to do yeah. in both towns, yes. So you can do both during the same day. Yes. yes. Just run back and forth. Mm-hmm. Just run back and forth five yeah. miles down the road. Yep. <laughs> and that's a safe road. That's that's a safe it's road. That's not, sl- <laughs> that's not on the list. That's not on the list. That's not on the list at all. So, so Sydney and Homer teaming up Saturday, December 3rd, 8 a.m. to 8.30 p.m., uh, breakfast at the Sydney United Church is in there. You've got uh, Christmas parade, free carriage rides. That sounds fun. Yes, we uh, we started doing carriage rides a number of years ago in Sydney and added uh, and just kept adding it and adding it because people people liked it. And this year we added an extra hour, and um, it was uh, it's always a fun time. Free carriage rides and get on there and take pictures, ride around town. Santa actually, after he gets done in Homer, he's going to hang around and then come down to Sydney. Saturday okay. night as well, so he's gonna he's gonna make the rounds locally, and uh, we'll have hot chocolate and cookies down there, and some at the American Legion painting uh, mm. painting some things uh, the kids can at uh, the Sydney Community Library. So between the two towns, there's plenty to do on Saturday. I would think so. And the Polar Express movie, did I see that? Yes, uh, yeah. Sydney uh, United Church is going to be doing the Polar Express movie, and. They'll have popcorn and popcorn and beverages and invite people to bring their jammies and their pillows and just kind of hang out at the church and watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is uh, – now, did Homer have a separate – did you guys do separately and then just decided to come together, or or how'd that work? Well, I'm, I just got into this Christmas in Homer thing, but I think that they have done it in the past year or so. Yeah, we did this mm-hmm. last year. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you visit both locations and get your card punched, you get your name put in the hat for $100 cash. So it's okay. worth it to go. Besides the shopping so you, have an you get incentive. at both places, yes. there's an in- <laughs> another incentive also. All of this coming up Saturday, December 3rd, 8 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. in uh, Sydney and Homer. Um, and uh, I see here, too, what am I looking for here? I saw the Christmas parade. Christmas parade uh, at 5 the, o'clock at in 5 Sydney. 5 o'clock, okay. And mm-hmm. there's food, food uh, trucks, right? There'll be a food and, truck at the uh, at the shop at Home Event. Uh, we'll have uh, La Paloma there with... Uh, their food truck during that, and then, like I said, we'll have cookies and hot chocolate during the carriage rides and Santa's visit and such as that uh, mm-hmm. downtown Sydney. So we're we're pretty excited, and I know at our event also we do twenty five dollar cash drawings every hour. So when you come in, if you register mm-hmm. every hour, we just pull a name out and you get twenty five dollars cash. Mm-hmm. So everybody can use cash at the holidays. Yeah, so it can help early Christmas feel. Sure, you know, in means. early December, and you can uh, support local <clears throat> causes too, right? Yes. So definitely sounds good. Yeah, definitely. So anything, anything we should go for information, um, people we should on Facebook or anything. Or yeah, both of us have uh, us, Facebook yeah. pages. Ours is if if you go to the Sydney Improvement Group Facebook page, um, all the information is there. You can obviously leave a message if you have any questions, and then and then Sharon has one as well. Yes, okay. ours is the Homer Recreation 
um, Facebook page. So, okay. And we have everything there. Yeah. Well, this sounds fun. It's a great way to get into the Christmas spirit. It is. With everything else. Get all your gifts. Get something to eat. See Santa. Ride a carriage. <laughs> do a cookie walk. You yeah. know, plenty, plenty to do. Looking for something for the kids to do. There, sure. There you go. There's Wear a lot out. going on. Yeah. Wear, Wear them out, out early. early. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming in. Well, thanks, Brian, thank for having us. us. I appreciate it. Very good. Good luck with all that. Sydney and Homer, December 3rd. Check it out. All kinds of things. And uh, if you need any help, I've got the, the flyers here, so I can help out with that. 1052, back in a moment. Get the answers for your lawn and garden problems from the Prairie Gardens Plant Experts, live Saturday mornings at 815 here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. this in uh, love actually they did a variation of this song christmas is all around us they changed the words now this is the uh, 20th anniversary of the movie love actually and uh, they have a 20 years later special Airs at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 Central on ABC. You can stream the special the following day on Hulu, Wednesday, November 30. 20 years later, Love Actually, 20th anniversary, Christmas movie. So that little note in there as well. 10.56 at DWS on a penny for your thoughts here today. We had an open line. I had Mike and uh, Mike Roy stop by and uh, Sharon from uh, Homer. So hope you'll check all that activity out if you're looking for something to do this weekend. Certainly try to make people aware of different things happening around and um, get ready for the uh, Christmas season. Roost by Roger, getting ready for uh, next spring. If you'd like to get on the list for a roof job, and if you need that done, uh, you might want to plan to reach out to them and get on the list at Roofs by Roger. Uh, you can go through some shingle options. you got some time to, to think about things. 217-834-3800. Of course, during the winter, still offering the uh, siding work, gutters, gutter guards, and windows. They can certainly uh, help you with any of those areas. But uh, give them a call. Uh, Roger Oakletree. Roofs by Roger. R-O-D-G-E-R. Roofsbyroger.com if you'd like to learn all the services they do provide. Locally owned and operated. Roofing, gutters, siding, and windows. Roofs by Roger. One of our uh, many sponsors here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. All right, 217-356-9397 is our number. Tomorrow we'll do some more open line time. We'll have an hour with just me, and then we'll have Jim Dye join me, News Gazette columnist, opinion writer, and so forth. We'll have him join us in the 10 o'clock hour, just as Robert Steigman, who has a few opinions of his own. He'll join us on Thursday to start the month of December. Friday I'll be out in Maryland, College Park, Maryland. We'll do the show from College Park, and I haven't figured out what I'm doing on that show yet. <laughs> so I'll try to figure that out over the next uh, couple of days. we got basketball coverage tonight, of course. The Illini women play tomorrow night in the Big Ten ACC Challenge at Pitt. I saw Mike Kuhn uh, heading out of town yesterday, or getting ready to head out of town uh, for that. 
And, of course, uh, just wrapped up all the uh, state finals, state championships for football just done here uh, recently, and a lot of other things on the horizon here we'll be talking about. Parade of Lights, of course. Uh, all of that uh, happened, and uh, downtown uh, looks pretty nice. All uh, decorated up for the uh, holidays for sure. And then, uh, let's see, next week, where am I going to be next week? Oh, yeah, Tuesday we'll be in New York City as we get ready for Illinois and Texas. So we got a string of games here, three games in a week, uh, between Syracuse and Maryland and New York City with the Texas Longhorns, who happen to be pretty good. Purdue made the big jump. They jumped all the way up, I think, to number five is what I saw. And uh, Scott Ritchie and uh, all the guys uh, at the uh, sports department at the News Gazette keeping track of that. And the poll that came out, the News Gazette's top 25 uh, for basketball, submitted by Scott Ritchie. He had Purdue number four. Purdue number five. Houston, Texas, Virginia, Arizona, and Purdue in the top five. Illinois still 16. Indiana was 10 in the poll. Uh, Maryland 22. We see them on Friday night. And Ohio State was 25 for the Big Ten teams in the poll. All right, we'll talk to you tonight for basketball coverage starting at 4.30, Illini game day, 6.30, the tip, Big Ten ACC Challenge. We'll see you over there and look forward to uh, remember to stripe the stadium at the State Farm Center. Adam Austin's been our producer today. Thanks for all his great work as usual. And we'll talk to you tomorrow with an hour of open line at the beginning and then Jim Dye in hour number two. WDWS Champaign-Urbana.